This is the Horse Radio Network. Our horses deserve the very best, and that includes the ground they walk on. Or at least, that's what they would have us believe. At GGT Footing, you can choose the perfect blend of arena footing that's just right for your barn or facility, no matter what discipline you ride. The friendly staff at GGT Footing will help assist you in developing a riding arena with a surface so amazing that you know it's the GGT difference. Take a step in the right direction today by visiting ggtfooting.com. And remember, good footing is safe footing. Welcome to the Leadline Podcast, the show where we believe that running your own horse business should feel less like a chore and more like the life you've always dreamed of. Join us as we share valuable advice on how to become more focused, more organized, and more profitable in your horse business. And now, here's your host, Mandy Flanders. Hey, everyone, and thanks for joining us once again on the Leadline Podcast. This is the point in time when I would normally introduce a special guest on the show, but today I'm doing things a little bit different. Today is going to be a solo episode, which means it's just going to be me. And to be honest, it's a little weird for me sometimes to sit here in an empty room behind a microphone with no one to talk to. It's the reason I don't do a lot of solo episodes. But today I have a topic that I really wanted to bring to the Leadline audience, and I know it's going to be of value to a lot of our listeners. So I'm going to suck it up and do things solo today. Before I kick things off with today's topic, I want to first give a shout out to the Wisdom by Wessa show. If you aren't familiar with Wessa, they are the Western and English Sales Association, and they provide the world's largest trade events for retailers, manufacturers, and sales representatives of the equestrian industry. You might be saying, Mandy, why are you promoting another podcast on your podcast? Well, it's because the Wisdom by Wessa show is another member of the Horse Radio Network family. And we like to collaborate from time to time and help promote one another. I know that they have a show that will definitely be of interest to many of our listeners. So check them out. That's The Wisdom by Wessa Show. All right. Today's episode is going to be easy to follow and very to the point. The topic is things to consider when naming a horse business for the very first time. I decided to talk about this topic today because it's something that comes up fairly often in the Leadline Facebook community, and I see a lot of things that get overlooked when it comes to naming a new business. I've put together a list of five things that I think will be beneficial to anyone thinking about starting a new horse business. And honestly, these tips will apply whether you're in the horse industry or not. And if you already have an established horse business and this doesn't really apply to you, Well, listen in, you might still get some good tips here today, but chances are you may also know someone who's trying to get out and start a new business themselves. And if that's the case, feel free to share this episode with them. Of the five tips that I have today, I'm going to start things off by saying this. The very last tip, which is tip number five, it's probably the most important out of the whole list that I'm going to go down through, but you really can't even get there until you complete steps one through four. So stick around till the end because that last one is really, really good and it is the most important. But like I said, we got to work our way through the process. So let's get started with step number one. All right. So you're thinking about naming a horse business. The very first thing that you should do, and surprisingly, it's the thing that seems to get overlooked the most, is head over to Google. Step number one, do a Google search. You wouldn't believe how many people overlook this simple and easy step. And I think the reason behind that is 
is that as entrepreneurs, we feel very creative. And when we think of a new business name, a lot of times we feel very confident in that decision. We think, well, this name is so unique and it's so perfect and it's so me that no one else could have possibly come up with it. Well, you would be surprised at how many people actually have the same ideas. So you always want to start out by going to Google first and typing in the name that you are thinking of using. As you peruse through the Google results, there's a couple things that you want to look for. First and foremost, the obvious one being, is anyone using the same exact name that you've just come up with? You should always click on those different results. You can open multiple tabs and click through them and check out what they're doing, see if they're in the same industry, and see if they could be considered a competitor in your space. If they are, if that is the case, I would highly advise you moving on so you can avoid problems with those people later. You don't want to be chasing down a business name that is exactly the same name that someone else is using. Maybe you see other variations of the name as you scroll through those results. You could see someone that's maybe used a couple different words in the name. Maybe it's phrased just a little bit different. So click on those two. The other thing you need to consider is that even if they're slightly different than the name that you are considering using, you might be battling them for space and ranking on Google. If they are the first ones that come up in the Google search results when someone searches that name, obviously they came up in the search that you just put in. So it could mean that you are fighting them in the rankings. And if they are also someone that you might be competing with potentially, that could be a problem down the road for you as well. As you're doing this, uh, through all of these steps, actually, make sure that you are taking notes, whether it's on a notepad or you're saving the results somewhere in your computer. You want to be kind of keeping an eye on the different results that you bring up as you're doing your name search. It's a process. And as you're going through all of these different brands and names and other links and things, it can be tough to remember where you saw things. So just make a little note somewhere and come back to it later if you need to. Now that you've Googled the name, Let's assume that you are content with the results, that there isn't anyone that appears to be competing with you, so you're ready to move on to step two. Step two, go to godaddy.com and input the name that you would use if you were to set up a website for your business. You're going to do a domain search, and I highly advise that you start with the .com version. Whether you like it, whether you believe it, one thing that you need to consider is that the .com is always the default version that consumers think of when they're typing in a website name. Of course, there are other variations, whether it's the .net or the .org or the .biz, .co. There's so many other website suffixes available. You can certainly purchase those, of course, but the .com is the default. That's what people type in when they go to your website. Even if you own a .NET, maybe you have a .NET and you have promoted it everywhere, people are still going to default to the .com typically the first time they go to your website. It's not until they repeatedly go back multiple times where the dot .whatever that's not .com tends to really click in their heads. So you're going to start with a .com search. Now let's evaluate the results. If it says that the name is available, fantastic. If you go through these steps today and by the end of it, you say, all right, it seems like the name is available, go buy that domain name and save it if you're pretty confident that that's the name you're going to use and if it seems like everything is in the clear. Don't want to let somebody else grab that domain while you're thinking about it. So that's only if the domain is available. 
But a lot of times we get a message that says, we're sorry, your businessname.com is already taken. Now, there's a couple of things that can happen at this point. The first thing that you need to do if it says that your desired domain is taken is you need to open a new tab in your web browser and type the website in. Don't avoid doing this. You need to go type the website in and see what's there. So if there is content on the website and it's for a business that's either named the same or it's a similar name and they've used that domain, well, at that point, it's probably a wash for you. Now, they could have a different business name and maybe they just really liked that domain, so they bought it and used it. That's a possibility. But even so, that means that people are probably going to try to use that website for you and they're going to find them instead. That's not going to work out in your favor. And that's when I would recommend you reconsider the business name idea. If you go to the website and there's no content, maybe you get a message that says something like, this domain is parked courtesy of GoDaddy. I'll explain really quick what parked means. Maybe you already know. But if you don't know what a parked domain is... It means that someone purchased the domain, they purchased the rights to using that domain, and then they just kind of sat on it. It's kind of like putting a cone in your parking spot so no one else takes it. And so when people come by and they try to take that parking spot, they can't because you've blocked it off. They've essentially blocked off your ability to be able to purchase that domain, and therefore you can't use it. If that's the case, here's what I want you to do. It doesn't mean all is lost. It could but it doesn't necessarily mean that 100%. So we're going to do a little more digging. If the domain is parked and you really, 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 really want that domain, I want you to go to another website. You're going to open another tab on your browser. If you're at your computer, you can do this now. You're going to open another tab and type in whois.com slash who is. The two words, who as in who is the person, who is the brand, who's the company. So whois.com slash who is. And from here, you'll type in the name of that domain once again, and you're going to see what comes up. There's a few different possibilities. Now, someone could have just purchased this domain. You can actually see when they acquired it, when they purchased it. If they just purchased it, you know, in the past couple of months, well, it could mean that someone else is trying to use the same name that you are currently trying to use. You have no idea what content they might put on that website down the road, but they purchased it, they own it, so it's theirs to do with whatever they would like. And if it was a recent purchase, odds are they have a plan. If it says that they bought the domain 10 years ago, maybe 5, 10 years ago, I've seen some that have been owned for that long. In fact, I've tried to acquire domains that have been owned and parked for that long. If that's the case, well, you could check and see who owns it. Maybe you can buy it from that person. So you're going to keep scrolling down and under the details here, you're going to keep looking. It's possible that the owner paid for the privacy rights. So their information, their contact information might be masked. If they did, there's usually some kind of contact email still listed. It's a masked email, which means it'll forward to their actual one, but you can't really see the real one. So you can use that email and you can try to reach out and see if they'll sell it to you. I've heard a lot of stories when it comes to buying domains. And I will say for myself personally, I've never had any luck trying to buy a domain from somebody else. They just never answer. I've had luck acquiring other things. I've acquired Twitter names. I've acquired Instagram names. I even once paid a girl 25 bucks that wasn't using an Instagram name and said, hey, I really, really, really need that name. And I will give you a $25 Amazon gift card if you will give me that username. And she said, yes. Now, just keep in mind, that's probably against Instagram's terms of service, but I did it and it worked. 
Now, when it comes to domains, I've never gotten a response from anybody. I've heard from other entrepreneurs that they were able to acquire their domain for several thousand dollars. The problem is a lot of these companies that are sitting on these domains, they sit on them for a really long time. And then they want you to pay them the world to get the domain. And here you are, a small business owner, and you're like, well, I don't have $5,000 to give these people for this domain. And so most people will move on when that happens. But that's not to say that all is lost. So it is worth trying, especially if they don't have the privacy turned on and you can actually see who owns it. Scroll through the who is details and see what you can find out. It is worth a shot. Moving on to step number three. You've done your Google search, you've done your domain search, and you're ready to continue throughout the process. Step number three is something that's very basic and I don't think really gets talked about too much because it's not necessarily something that's required of naming a horse business, but it is a step that I do every single time I have something new to name, and that is to do a social media username search. I like doing this step because sometimes you find things that didn't come up in your Google search results or didn't come up in your domain search. Sometimes you can find businesses who have no website and they are not ranked on Google, but they are running their business through just social media. If that's the case, you might find that someone else does have your business name, even though you thought you were clear from steps one and two. I've got some tips around doing a social media username search that I'm going to share with you. First thing that I do when I'm doing a social media check is I go to a tool called Name Checker. There's a lot of different social media username tools out there. I've used Name Checker, but there's definitely others. I think there's one called Name Check also. But if you're searching for it, you can just go to Google and you can type in social media username availability. That's going to bring up a list of tools. So if you don't like the one I'm recommending today, just do a search. You can find plenty of tools. Now, Name Checker, I'll link to that in the show notes today. It's spelled Name Check and then an R at the end. There's no E-R, it's just R. Namecheckr.com. You type in the name that you are thinking of using for social media. In this case, you can get a little bit creative. It doesn't have to be exactly the same as your business name. It doesn't necessarily have to be the same as your domain name. It could be an abbreviated version. So you can try a couple different things. Maybe write down a couple usernames that you're thinking about using and then type them into Namechecker. What's gonna come up is it's gonna show you where that username is available. It's even going to show you the domain, even though we already did a domain search. It will show you if the domain is available or not. It'll show you Facebook and YouTube and some of these other major social media platforms. If you see that one of the names is unavailable, just head over to that platform and see who's using it. See what they're up to and what their business is. I don't worry too much about a lot of the less popular social media platforms, but I am typically looking for platforms like Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, Depends on what you're going to use. But even so, I always do this step every single time. Now, worth noting, if you are using the name checker tool or any other social media username tool, interestingly enough, I have found that Instagram is not integrated with these platforms. So what that means is that you're doing a search and it is searching for most of the major social media platforms. But I have specifically noticed that Instagram is not on that list. Once you've done your search on a tool like Namechecker, I would also recommend going over to Instagram directly and doing a quick search to see if anyone has that name. You can check similar hashtags. You can check for that username. But don't leave Instagram out if you're planning on using Instagram for your business. Now that step three is done, we're moving on to step four, which is definitely something that's higher up on the level of importance if you were to scale these steps out. 
Step number four is to do a trademark search. Now, you might be thinking, Mandy, wouldn't I just start with a trademark search? Because if it's trademarked, wouldn't all of the rest of these points be pointless? Well, that is true. However, if you do a Google search, chances are you're going to see if there's another business using that name anyways. If there's a major brand using that same name, you're going to rule them out within the first step. You're going to see them in the Google results. They're going to be right up there ranked at the top. So you won't even need to get this far. But if you've gotten all the way to step four and you haven't found anybody else that's using a name like the one that you would like to use, then the next thing to do is make sure that no one has trademarked it. You can head over to a website called the USPTO. The USPTO is the United States Patent and Trademark Office. Now, if you're a US-based business, then this will apply to you. If you are outside of the US, uh, you'll probably have to do a trademark search elsewhere. I'm not sure how it works in other countries. So head over to USPTO.gov slash trademarks to do a basic trademark search. I want to pause here and just say I have always personally hired an attorney to handle my trademark registrations. There's a lot that goes into filing a trademark and it is a long process and there's definitely a lot of legalities around it. But before I've hired my trademark attorneys, I have first done a basic search myself because if I saw something that was a red flag right out of the gate, I didn't even bother with going forward with that business name. So USPTO.gov slash trademarks, do a basic trademark search and just type in the name that you have in mind. There's a lot of different classes. There's also live and dead trademarks. A dead mark might mean that that person has abandoned that trademark and no longer uses it. So you might be able to use it. Maybe not. That's why, once again, I say I work with a lawyer. We've now completed steps one through four, and I'll summarize those real quick. Number one, Google the name. Number two, do a domain search. Number three, check your social media username options. And number four, do a trademark search. Those are all very basic steps that you should take when naming any new business, horse industry or not. And that leads me to the fifth and final step. Step number five. Choose a business name that's easy for your customers to remember. This might seem very self-explanatory, but I'm going to kind of pull this one apart a little bit and explain what I mean here. There's a couple of factors that it comes to when choosing a name that is easy for people to remember. The first one is, is your business name one that's easy to spell? Spelling could be a whole bullet point all on its own. And the reason I mention this is because I have seen different businesses out there who have these really crazy, unique, cool names, and they sound awesome, but then when you go to spell it later and type in their website, you can't, for the life of you, remember the spelling. And when this happens, you end up with, uh, what's the screen? We're sorry, but this website doesn't exist. You don't want your customers running into that frustrating issue of being unable to find you through your website or through social media simply because they can't spell your name. I'm going to just really harp on that one a lot. Make sure your name is easy to spell. And the other point, when it comes to your consumers remembering your business name, I know that sometimes we're tempted to use something that's super cute or super creative, so different that there's no way anyone else would ever use that name. But what does it make people think of when they hear it? When you have completed the steps of this process and you have finally chosen the final maybe one or two names that you want to go with. I want you to go to other people and ask them what comes to mind, what they think of when they hear the name for the first time. 
And I want you to ask people who are going to be honest. When you go to your parents or your siblings or your best friend, yes, they may have helpful feedback. Still ask them. But I also want you to ask people who are your potential customers or your potential audience, what do they think of the name? Now, this doesn't mean go broadcast your name across social media saying, hey, this is what I want to name my business. What do you all think? And have like 2,500 eyes on it. And then it ends up being a problem. True story. People do steal ideas. So I want you to be careful in who you ask when you're first getting started. But you still need to ask. So find a handful of people, whether it's three to five, maybe 10 if you have that many, to ask them what they think and what comes to mind when they hear the name for the very first time. Do they think it's easy to spell? What kind of product or service do they think you offer? What's even more helpful is if you can find someone who doesn't know what you do and ask them, hey, what do you think my business is based on this name? That can go a long way when it comes to naming a horse business, is making sure that you ask for that feedback upfront. So make sure that you have a memorable name, one that's easy to spell, easy to type into their web browser if they're going to your website. Keep things simple. Don't overcomplicate. Those are my five tips today. I hope you've enjoyed this. And if you are thinking about naming a new horse business for the first time and you need some feedback, you can always shoot me a message. Hit me up on Facebook or Instagram and say, hey, Mandy, I'm thinking about this name for my horse business. What do you think? Now, make sure that you've gone through steps one through four first, because I'm not going to go Google your name. You need to do those steps first and make sure that that name is even available. But if you've done that and you're ready to get feedback, let me know. Shoot me a message. Let me know what your idea is. Make sure that you ask your friends. If you are someone who already has an existing horse business and perhaps you realize that you skipped some steps along the way, maybe you've even heard that your business name isn't as unique as you had hoped, but you're scared to change it. I just want to say this. Don't be afraid to change the name of your business if it hasn't worked out for you thus far. There have been several successful rebranding initiatives out there for people who have wanted to just get that upper hand against the competition and get out there in the marketplace and appeal to their target audience. So don't be afraid to do that if it's the right fit for you. And once again, if you don't need to name a business right now, but you know someone who's starting one and needs a little bit of help, feel free to send them this episode, send them to the Leadline community on Facebook, and we would be happy to give our input and help out. So that's all for today. Thank you for listening and be sure to connect with us on social media and leave us a review if you've enjoyed this episode. Thanks so much for tuning in to today's episode. If you're a horse business owner or equestrian professional, I'd love to invite you to continue the conversation in our free online community just for you. The Leadline Facebook community is a great space to network, get advice, and even recommend guests you'd like to hear on future episodes of the show. You can become a member by visiting theleadlinepodcast.com slash group. That's theleadlinepodcast.com slash group. And join the conversation today. I'm Mandy, and I'll see you next time.